Welcome to the Art and Science of Complex Sales. This is a podcast where we explore how the best B2B sales leaders make the complex simple, drive relationships and revenue, and generally elevate the sales profession. In this podcast, we're bringing together sales experts, thought leaders, top account executives, buyers, industry insiders, all to share their experiences and best practices for navigating the complex sales cycle. So whether you're a seasoned sales professional, a sales leader, or just starting out, you're going to find practical insights and actionable advice that you can apply to your own sales journey. Plus, we have a bit of fun. We are happy to welcome Caroline and George Chavez to the show today. This purpose-driven couple started Topaz Sales Consulting in 2015 and are on a mission to elevate the sales profession. They transform not only how companies sell, hire, and manage salespeople, but also how they build relationships with others and drive focused and predictable revenue for long-term growth. We've got a lot to learn, so let's get started with the show. Well, geez, Caroline and George, welcome so much to the Art and Science of Complex Sales. It is awesome to have you on the show. Hello, hello. Hello there. Thanks, Paul. It's great to be here. Uh, and thanks for making time and inviting us to be here. This is good. Well, absolutely. After our first conversation, I and to be fair, this is only our second conversation, but after our first conversation, I absolutely had to have you on it. You, you bring in a lot to the world of sales, and I think we got to get it out there to talk through. I'm going to ask you a question that we start with uh, generally uh, on, on the show. And that is, let's, let's set the foundation. Let's define sales. How to Caroline and George define sales. <laughs> yeah. How do you define sales? I, I was pausing there for another, for another follow-on, but how do you define sales? You know, it's interesting. And I would suspect most people would answer that differently. So it is a great question. When I think about sales, it's very much about, and this is the belief system, which is so critical. If I'm in sales, what do I do? And what I do is help my buyers or clients or prospects uncover problems they have or challenges that prevent them from achieving their goals. And sales is asking questions and listening and learning and discovering and they're discovering about what the real problems are that they need to solve. And in that discovery, I'm learning if I'm a good fit for them or if my products and services will help them be successful or we're not a good fit. So sales isn't the close of a deal and all about money. It's all about building relationships and learning about the buyer and what they care about and what's important to them and what problems or challenges they have and how important those are, and then helping them solve those with our products and services as solutions. But that always comes later in the discussion. And, and so when we think about sales, that's what it is, relationship building and problem solving and making sure there's a good mutual fit. And I'll bring in one last element and not wasting anyone's time. All that gimmickness of sales of the think it over, call me next week, I need a bunch of proposals, are all just time wasters that demonstrate a lack of trust. And we sales is eliminating all of those time wasters 
building that trust and then getting to the truth quickly and not wasting any time. If it's not a fit, let's not move forward or waste time. If it is, hey, let's do business together. It's that simple. As relaxed and conversational as your show is, Mm -hmm. no pressure. That's how sales should be. And that's how we think of it. That's how we help our clients think of it so that they can build that trust and have more success. So uh, a couple of things about that, that definition, right? Mm-hmm. Pain or gain is what I heard. I heard two things. I heard pain and gain, and I heard trust. So tell me a little bit about your philosophy around when to find out about the pain and the gain, and then how to, uh, how to build that trust. Both great questions. Uh, pain is the greater motivator. If you need surgery or some type of medicine to save your life, you're going to find money or do everything you can if you want to live to solve that problem. But if you're looking for the gain of, hey, my 30th anniversary, I want to be on an island in Tahiti, man, I'm sure going to work hard to make enough money there. Like that might be gain and pleasure. Truly, probably the greater motivator is. Um, why is that so important to you? And what happens if you don't do that? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I may not have another 30 years. So that might be, so w- digging deeper into it, we believe pain is the greater motivator. Um, the time we find out about that in sales, intentionally, for us, it's it's a third step of our process. Uh, the first one for us is building that, the rapport building and and getting that bond, that establishing trust, um, finding things in common. And there are several things people can do to, to start to build that foundation of trust. The second thing we do is we talk about uh, and set, uh, we call them ground rules. Um, some other uh, programs might call it something differently, but it's establishing the purpose of the conversation and the need for transparency and honesty, that that's important to how we communicate with each other. And then in our third step, we go into discovery. So what are some of the goals you have? You know, Tell us about your business. What are some of the challenges, some of the opportunities? What are some of the important things you're focused on? And the way we start to uncover the motivators to, to do something other than, I'll throw out some other good buzzwords, the status quo, which is truly our biggest competitor, no change, is uncovering compelling reasons for change. So as we hear about problems and issues and challenges and opportunities, we start getting personal asking, so tell me, um, what happens if you don't solve that problem? What happens if you don't get the help that you need? How does that affect your business? How does it affect you personally? And that's when we start to uncover motivators for change and urgency. Does that make sense? It does. It does make a lot of sense. It, you know, the one of the challenges that I, well, I know a lot of salespeople find with an approach like this is it, it sounds like the first step is, you know, understand and establish rapport, right? But I was reading on, on your blog, and I really love this, which is you talk about intent. Mm. So how does that intent of a salesperson help with the establishing of that genuine rapport instead of a fake because when people when people hear about that time in sales and when customers hear about that a lot they're like gosh just leave me alone all i want to do is business right how do those things align that that ability to establish uh trust and rapport at the beginning of a cycle and then the the true intent of a salesperson 
I love that you asked that question and that you brought it up. And I'm embarrassed that you brought that up first because that's the greater, the more important. But I want Caroline to be involved in this. And I'm curious, Caroline, if you'd be open to sharing, um, how would you respond to that? How important is someone's intent in terms of developing trusting relationships? I'm curious to see how you would respond. Would you be open to sharing? Yeah, so I think, well, your intent means everything. So if you're going in thinking, oh, I just can't wait to like get to the point where I get to tell exactly what I have and all these things, then your intent is just to sell. And I think that the bonding and rapport has to happen with every call or every every time you pick up the phone, you know, or get on a Zoom call, the first thing should be a little bit about, hey, how's your day going? How is the weather? Just different things to find things in common and just kind of like lay the groundwork going forward. So you know, it can't just be all about, oh, I just got to get this sale and get on. I got a quota to meet all these things. It really has to be that you really genuinely care about these other people that you are going to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. So how, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask a question on that. Uh, what does it take to make that real? Like, so, I mean, because so, mm-hmm. so many salespeople have, so many salespeople have truly been trained. Okay, here, ask these couple of questions, report questions, and just you know, and then then go in for the, mm. and go in for the discovery and the kill. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. what does it take to make that that real? Like, I can tell you that too. So yeah. we were having that exact same problem with uh, people in the training, right? They don't really understand. Like, well, I don't really know what to say. It's kind of awkward, you know. And so you have to have this level of curiosity that they kind of don't have. They feel it's rude to ask those kind of questions, but it's not. People love it when you ask them questions about themselves. And so we set up a a little encouragement where we send all the participants a Starbucks card and we say, take this, go get yourself a coffee. And you have to ask the barista one personal question. And we thought, how easy? Just go ask him a question. Well, it wasn't that easy. And one guy was so proud that he asked a barista about her tattoo. And they got into this big conversation and it was a big thing. But we kind of take it for granted that, you know, oh, just strike up a conversation. But it isn't easy as all that. And so we have to kind of train people to have infinite curiosity and to say it is okay to ask those questions to bond and rapport in that way. So it it has to be kind of like, it's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior. I love that. I love that exercise too. I, I think I'm <laughs> going to steal that from you. I think that's that's absolutely wonderful. It is a fun one. And you mentioned, um, if I could build on some things Caroline shared uh, about intent, it starts with the heart. And I've I, we've trained people that, Hey man, I'll go and I'll ask those questions and and I'll go through that. But I, at the end of the day, all I care about is selling something. And they can, you know, our training we're that transparent. We, we train the same way we sell, which is the same way we do a lot of things. Just transparency and truth. And so we love it when people say that because now we know their heart and their motivators. If you don't genuinely care, like Caroline said, it's very hard to ask questions. So have you ever felt sold to where someone had an outcome in mind, which was different than solving your problem, just making a sale? Oh, all the time. See, our our subconscious picks up on manipulation. 
and intent. And if your belief system, if your intent and your words and your body language are not aligned, you are inauthentic and you will not build trust. People can see right through it. Their subconscious is going to scream, run. But when you are aligned, you're going to ask questions that other people aren't asking that are going to, and they're going to tell you stuff. And they're almost going to say, oh, I didn't tell anyone else this. And they're going to start feeling a level of vulnerability, which creates trust. It all starts with your intent. And you have to believe that relationships are fundamental part of doing business. Selling success requires strong relationships. And that has to be one of the most important things that you do when you sell, but it has to come from the heart and you have to believe it. And if you're going to fake it, I don't know if you can fake it till you make it. Maybe some people can, but that's not how we want to do it. That doesn't sound very fun. I want to be authentic. So you're talking about, I'm going to bring up a book that you you have in your library yeah. uh, that I think is uh, is right along these lines, The Greatest Salesman in the World. Love that book. Uh, yeah. I cried so, at the end, by the way. I don't know if I told you that. Did you? I cried. I, you know, you could predict the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I almost could guess it, but when I read it, I cried. It was good. That's a See, that is, that is the hallmark of a great story when you know the ending and it's still that impactful. Uh, I could cry right he, now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it really, it's just, it's so deep. In fact, we recommend that for every participant that goes through training, we say, read this book because it aligns with our philosophy because our beliefs about sales is so counter the marketplace. They say, go for yeses. We say, no, go for no's. Like they say, go close a sale. And we say, no, go get the truth. Because we believe looking for obstacles and seeking the truth builds more trust saves time and you'll sell more. And so that philosophy is so counterintuitive to what most people we work with know. We say, go read that book because it's going to take you some time to internalize this belief system. That's more important than the process. And so we love that book. We recommend that book because it really helps people start to understand what we're all about, what we're talking about, what's so really important to be successful in sales. Yeah. And for those of you that don't, that uh, haven't read this book, um, I'd highly, highly recommend it. It's about mindset. It's about heart. It's about, it's about love. I mean, it's coming, it's coming from a place of, of, of that, of driving truth, truth into the marketplace, understanding Mm -hmm. the truth of the marketplace, and, and then acting upon that in a way that's best interest. Now, there's a lot of people and Caroline, I'm going to direct this to you. There's a lot of people that would argue that that is that's fluffy. Just you know, mm-hmm. go get a go get a deal. You know, I don't I don't care how you do it. Let's work a sales process. Let's get a deal. But you're really talking about starting with mindset mm-hmm. and heart. And so, how is that? How are you uh, in market? How is that working for you in market? Like when you go mm-hmm. train and when you go sell and the people that you interact with. Well, we see it, we see it over and over again, just transform a person's life when they had this mindset that, you know, I just got to be manipulative and tricky and come up with all these great tactics. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, I don't have to be like that. 
I can be my genuine self. I can really care about the other person and I can go in there and just have a conversation with no outcome, no outcome, just a conversation. And then pretty soon it turns into something else. And that truly is that it's the greatest salesman in the world. And the, his name is Og Mandino. And the, the book is very old. I was just trying to look up when he wrote that book. He died in 1996. So In the 60s. You know, he wrote it in the 60s. 60s. Yes. So it's nothing new under the sun to be nice to other people. It, it can be done. It should be done in every profession, you know. So Paul, you bring up. Yeah. So on that, you bring up a good point. Um, it sounds fluffy. Uh, OK, let's go there. Maybe it is. We don't convince people. The word convince makes my stomach go in knots. We don't convince anyone of anything ever. We help them discover by asking questions. And if it makes sense, then we do business. And if it doesn't, then we don't. As soon as you become outcome-based, you're tied to a sale, you selectively listen, you ignore red flags, you start to waste time, you start manipulating. You cannot be outcome-based. Like to Caroline's point, it starts with you. this open conversation. It sounds fluffy, but that's how you get to the truth. You can have all the best questions in the world, but if you don't have a strong relationship, they're not going to answer your questions honestly. That's the problem. That's the time waster. Let's eliminate that. Well, then stop trying to convince people to do something that may or may not be in their best interest and help them discover and figure it out, but be not outcome-based, be transparent, open, and honest. That'll get truthful answers. And with that truthful answer, it'll save a lot of time. And then we can figure out if there's really a good fit here. And I don't yeah. know, I almost think maybe it's not fluffy, but kind of counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. It's mm. not how you were taught. I like that. Be. It's not what you're used to. You know, when the window guy comes to your door and tries to like, you know, say, oh, looks like you need new windows. And you're, you're going, dude, look, this window's brand new. What windows do you see that I need? But that's what they're trained to just do, you know? And so I think it's more counterintuitive to what most people think sales is. Well, George and Caroline, I mean, I have a number to hit. I mean, I have a number to hit. So how am I not going to be results focused? Actually, let's let's thanks for that. I was going to say, if I'm talking to someone about sales, like what you just described, I would try to first learn, how are you handling it today? Tell me about your process. Tell me what's working. Where are you struggling? Um, what are your gaps? And I would help you discover that maybe the approach you're doing isn't the most effective approach. Mm -hmm. You might feel inauthentic. You might feel it's manipulative. Um, you might feel there's a, you'll have the... the um, parking lot sweats. And I don't know if you ever heard that term, but I've had customers tell me, yeah, I'm sitting out in the parking lot and I'm just sweating because they don't know how the process should work. They don't have a yeah. process. So, so they're the like- Zoom sweats these days. It's yeah. not the parking lot sweats. It's the, it's the sitting yeah, in my home office sweats. Yeah. We don't go into offices anymore, but, uh, <laughs> but they have those. So I would try to help them discover that maybe there, I would look for opportunities for gaps and challenges. And then based on what I learned, then I would pull out a couple things that would um, maybe address their challenges. And we would discover that there's a better way that would be worthwhile to change and learn something else. And then if not, if they're hitting their goals and they don't have a perceived need or problem and they're happy, I say, go for it. I wouldn't waste my time. I say, keep doing what you're doing. 
I wouldn't try to convince and tell. That's what marketers, no offense to marketers, but th- there's a lot of assumptions <laughs> that get made, you know, in marketing. Yeah. Uh, th- now I'm talking more about the uh, high level marketing. There's pitching and telling and educating and assuming, but sales is all about is the opposite. It's asking questions, not making assumptions and, and listening. And, and I would do that for somebody who's trying to figure out how to hit their sales goal. Well, for all my all my all of our marketing listeners, and I actually ran I ran a digital uh, founded and, and owned a digital marketing firm for uh, five years of my career, and I always put it this way: is that marketing is we got to get the attention, right? So there are things that we need that messaging, we need everything to get the attention, and that is you need that for to drive a persona, right? You you have to base that yeah. on a persona of somebody and and assumptions. You have to base it on assumptions because. You are going for the most amount of people that you can impact with, with a particular message or you're targeting a specific, but it's sales job to turn that persona into a person. It's sales job to turn that persona and those questions into something that is actually a conversation, which is pure gold, right? A conversation is, is pure gold and it should be treated as such, right? It has to be treated with care, authenticity, truth, and trust. So you can drive, you can actually help that you know, help people and help them grow. And that's, that's, uh, I think it both absolutely critical, but I, there's a big differentiator there. So that's where I think when you're talking, I hear what I hear is that's marketing's job, but it's, it's marketing's job to create messaging. Or mm-hmm. when you say that I hear it's marketing's job to create that message. It's not sales's job to parrot that messaging. That's not our job is to go out there and say that messaging just enough times that it's going to hit. Yeah. Um, it's our job to understand enough people that we can help. For sure. And actually, Paul, I would ask you then, let's say you were a salesperson and I heard everything you said, and I'm completely aligned with you on all of that. Um, so the question then is, is how do you turn that conversation into pure gold? What's your approach? Now, marketing's done its job. It's peaked mm-hmm. curiosity. Hey, Paul, I saw your I saw your material. I watched your podcast and man, it makes a lot of sense. I I think you can help me. Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations. Marketing did its job. You've piqued curiosity and now you have an interested prospect, so to speak. Now, how do you turn that? Now you're a sales guy. You've generated, marketing did its job. How do you turn that conversation into pure gold? That's what we're talking about, but that's Mm -hmm. a good question. That's an amazing question. Caroline, how would you? I mean, I have my answer, but this is this is your time. Caroline, what do you think? How how do you take that? And I'm not dodging the question. I will absolutely answer it. But uh, you know, Caroline, I, can I answer it for you? Because yeah. I have a fun <laughs> cheeky one. You know what I would do? I would hire sure. Topaz, and then I would get the training I need to learn how my sales team can turn marketing leads into pure gold company relationships and sales. There you but go. But at any rate, because it go. really is the essence of what we do. But go ahead, Caroline. Sorry, I had to throw that. No, in. that's an awesome answer. <laughs> well, and I was going to say we even struggled because we have a campaign running, and the people that came that are helping us came back to us and. It was such traditional sales that the pitch, it was a pitch. And we were like, well, we can't really do that. And then you hire us to tell you not to do that. So it was a, there was a lot of back and forth to make the marketing align with our philosophy and process. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. It was because we can't really go out there and, you know, oh, you didn't get my last three emails. You know, I've been sending you this and, you know, we you can't really do that kind of bait and switch stuff if that's what we're training people not to do. So we, it was very tricky. We just that just happened to us. It was very tricky to kind of get these traditional marketers to kind of see the way we needed it to be to tee it up for the salespeople. It's I think it's that's really hard. That's a real it's a real uh I don't want to say mar- a divide because it's uh, it's not a divide that can't be crossed. It's a it's a uh, alignment. It's a real alignment that you need to mm-hmm. to focus on and to answer George to answer. I I I truly believe sales is about and people that listen to the pod and uh, know this. I believe sales is about three things. I think it's about leadership. It's about service, and it's one of the and it's about what I call wayfinding, and that you ha- to do any of those things. So leadership is to help people uh, achieve a vision that they want to achieve, right? To understand and help them achieve a vision. The service is to help them to outcomes that they don't necessarily know that they need. So to help them uncover that. And and then wayfinding is to, to find the path to do it together. What I think it has to be built on, and you you brought it up earlier that I want to dive into, is, is the foundation of truth and trust, right? That's how you turn conversations into gold in my experience, which is I have that foundation of truth and trust and I lead with that foundation of truth and trust. I'd see Getting Naked on your your website as well, a Lencioni mm. uh, book that's about a lot about this idea of vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to tell the truth to receive the truth. If that is really what vulnerability is, right? Is the ability yeah. to tell the truth to receive it. And, and so that's where I think salespeople miss a beat. In terms of, uh, and I, I love, and that's why I love your approach of getting to the heart and the mindset first um, and focusing on that because we don't want to miss that beat. We want to show up, believing in what we do, believing in how we can help, and then letting it go from there. Yeah. I, so that's uh, my answer. Yeah. I, I all good. I, I think, I believe we're very aligned on this. And so there's two books we recommend before someone goes through our sales training. Ogmandino's greatest salesman in the world is one, Getting Naked by Patrick Lencioni is the other. Are those the two? Again, <laughs> those are the two that, that in my welcome email and that we send wow. out or our coaches send out. It's yeah. like, hey, welcome to the training. Uh, you know, we got this kickoff. There's no homework. But for the ambitious people that want to really embed, and we ask people, and it comes back to, and you talked about not wanting to miss the beat. It's the foundation of truth and trust. It starts with the heart and it starts with intent. And those two books really do challenge the status quo. Do you love your neighbor? Do you love your customers? Do you really care about their success or are you in it for yourself? You can't have truth and trust if you're in it for yourself. It'll become obvious to the buyer that that's what you're all about. Now, you might have a really compelling product or service or very compelling price or some other differentiator that no one else has. And you'll still make a sale in spite of your selling ineffectiveness. But not everyone has that. And this, the the intent, the hiring the right people and making sure they have a bulletproof, positive, right mindset will be a differentiator. And then the process they follow where they don't waste time, that, that'll be a differentiator. Now, if you also have other compelling reasons to buy, man, you'll just crush it in the market and and, and dominate over your competition. Um, but it all does start. So that other book is also uh, another one of those. 
I remember we were uh, working with a company and um, they were a pet food distributor. And, and they had uh, 12 outside salespeople, six inside salespeople, and we're in the sales workshop. We're together for the day. And uh, we were trying to help them. They, were, they sell to the independents uh, to compete against the big chains. And their salespeople, their sales process would be uh, they would come in with their four inch binder and they would have to come. They come, this is their sales approach. They'd walk in from their vehicle and they'd walk in with their four inch binder and they would set it down. And then the store manager, the store owner would uh, start placing orders and they'd go right into, hey, we got this special, we got this special, et cetera. And, and the problem there is, um, they weren't they weren't having strategic conversations like hey how, who do you compete with and and how do we get a uh, higher volume uh, per square foot that you sell on your floor like they weren't having those conversations because they were going in with their their binder and they were going in pitching and telling and talking about specials and stuff like that getting naked talks about going with a pen a, a blank sheet of paper and don't be afraid to not have all the answers and just go be curious and learn. That's a game changer thought. And those guys leaving their four inch binders in the car and going with a pen and paper was hugely, it was so hard for them because they had the habit. They just had to have the binder and they felt they had to have the answer. So they weren't asking all the questions. And that's some of the thinking of, and that's why I love that other book. Um, let it go. Just go learn, build a relationship. Caroline's spot on. People are starving to be heard and asked questions. They want to talk about themselves and their challenges, and they want to be asked questions that get them to think like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's a really good question. They're so hungry for that. And that's what, and, and so we want to create a world of people that are unafraid to have those conversations. We found it's a, a tremendous differentiator. People that adopt this approach that do what Patrick Lencioni talks about in Ogmandino have far stronger relationships, a better use of time, which result in the byproduct is more sales, crushing your goals. So, you well, I align, right? I align. The question arises, and I, I wonder if you if you get this in your business, like, yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's a question and it's an impatience. So there's, there's both. Mm. The question is, can't you just teach me some tactics? Yeah. Right. Can't you just teach me some tactics to get better? And, and I found the answer is that, that actually you can, there are a lot of tactics that are help people be more professional, be better leaders, be better. And then, but the impatience comes from, well, can't you teach me these tactics and make them stick long-term right now? Right, without changing mindset, without going through the hard work of the heart, and without stuff. That do you run into that in market? Just, just give me the answers. Just fix it oh. for me. Just give me some tactics. Yeah, absolutely. People do struggle, and uh, and they want answers right away. And so there are things you can do that, it, like immediately. Uh, just hey, when someone says they want to think it over, just ask these couple of questions. Hey, can you tell me more? Like, what do you think right now? Mm -hmm. Is this, it, how do you feel about what we've discussed? Is there any reason you don't believe we'd be a good fit? We can teach people how to handle their objections. 
that that's what a lot of people are asking for. I want to improve my close ratio. I want to handle objections. Can you teach my guys that? I need them to be better hunters, prospectors. And there are some tactical things you can do. The, the question is, why do you create objections? Right? Um, when someone says they want to think it over, what does that mean? It's, it means a million different things, but people, salespeople get that excuse all the time. I want to think it over. It could mean I don't trust you. It could mean that your price is too high. It could mean I've already made my decision. I'm going with another person. It could mean I don't want to hurt your feelings and tell you the truth. It could mean a million things. Now, I could give you a tactical thing and say, here's a question you can ask, and you'll get a little bit better results. But the bigger question is, why did they tell you that? What's the issue and how comfortable are you asking why do they need to think it over? That's the bigger issue. So so people who want a silver bullet usually don't have success in sales. That's not the long-term way to get true behavioral change and better results. It'll be a band-aid. You can make people a little bit better, but there's no silver bullet in sales, but it's not magic either. You can learn how to sell better, but it starts with the intent and it takes tremendous commitment. You have to have the right people, teach them how to sell properly, and then hold them accountable. Create a culture of curiosity. That delivers long-term results. Silver bullets can help for a little while, but it's a shot in the arm and it's not a long-term change. So we hear it. We use that as a determining whether they're a good fit for us. We want people that want long-term change and excellent results. And it requires more than a couple tactics. And we even go further than that. After the training is over, we stay in touch with um, mm. week tips and then a monthly email reminding them, uh, reminding them of different steps. You know, reminding them to you know set ground rules, and we do that for uh, two years after training, so that they can just keep remembering, keep remembering. There's a refresher quiz they can take you know, to kind of like, oh my gosh, I forgot all about that, to just stay top of mind. I mean, that's how important it is to get that foundation, get the fundamentals, and then keep remembering that. Yeah. Do you mind if I try and summarize our conversation to to this point? Because I, it, it's, are you okay with me trying to do that? Because it's starting to all tie, uh, tie into a nice bow for me. <laughs> I, hey, Paul, could I do insert one thing real quick? Yeah, please do. I want, to, I want to read to you something we just received from a business owner from one of our clients who's, okay. who's been going through training for two months. He sent us this email and it says here, because it says exactly what you just said. And customers always say it way better than we do. He said, uh, we're going to do a, a, what we call a CEO check-in. So we've done, we, we do check-ins. Are we on track? What, what's going well? What's missing? What could we do better? Just so we always deliver on their expectations and get results. So he said... He said this to me and one of our Topaz coaches. So that you know in advance, I'm quite pleased and perceive that we're making significant progress. I only wish I could use a program like they had in the matrix to instantly load all of this and immediately <laughs> put it to work. Other than that unreasonable expectation, we're good. So we can short uh, cut that part of the check-in. You and the materials are great and a perfect fit for us. Uh, nonetheless, I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback. That's what they say. 
I don't need to summarize anything. Actually, that's much better. I mean, it's so you're talking foundationally, foundationally making an impact. Long-term change requires long-term impact and long-term growth requires foundational change. And so starting there with the intent and the why and the, the heart and the mindset and moving towards and then reinforcing that. What I hear is reinforcing that continually with tactics. Right. There are tactics, but if you're not sure. starting at if you're not starting at the right spot, you're uh, um, going to be looking, you know, you're always going to be looking for quick fixes. And then uh, so I love the work you're doing. I think it, mm-hmm. it it's I'm seeing in market like there's a there's an interesting shift I'm seeing in market, which is um, this is the first time I've ever really voiced this. It's it, it's I'm seeing this this shift, and maybe it's the people I'm talking with, but towards towards uh, sustainability and and growth over trying to be the unicorn and everything and trying to be the unicorn and make the make the three, four, five, six, seven, nineteen, twelve uh, times in revenue. And I think it's. I'm seeing that shift and I'm seeing a shift with that, the good companies feeling they and I think it's probably because the the unicorns are are less frequent and people are getting back to basics in terms of building business and mm-hmm. and building their sales teams and they're driving, driving, driving on three things. Training, which we're talking mm-hmm. about here, talent, which we're talking about here, and technology, which is 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 foc- having a focused technology rather that that helps salespeople, that helps people build habits, that helps people continually get better, instead of having just throwing everything they can at the market, right? Yeah. So I'm seeing that shift, and it 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 really resonates with me a lot of stuff that you're talking about. So all, all that's so true. The 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 training, the talent is hiring the right people. Training is equipping them to to do their job. Leveraging technology. Technology is cheap. People are expensive. Technology is cheap. Get right technology. I would add one element: effective leadership, responsibly mm-hmm. leading high performing sales team. I think what's more anemic than how bad many people sell is how ineffective the leadership is at coaching, motivating, and holding people accountable. That is required. Inspect what you expect. So when you hire those right people and you train them for success and you give them technology, ensure that they're motivated and that they're doing the things you expect them to do. That demonstrates you care. It helps you address problems that, uh, you know, to preempt them before they become too big. Um, That responsible leadership of the sales team is critical. And, and those folks need to be as equipped as the sales team does talking to prospects. Um, and now you have a revenue generating machine. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I, I'm, uh, I'm so glad you're on this mission to do that and to elevate the sales profession. And I think this, this pod is going to help a lot of people. We came at it from a different angle and I'm really excited about the angle that we came at it from. And uh, I think it's going to get a lot of interest. So um, how do people, once once they listen, how do people get a hold of uh, Caroline and, and George? You know, actually, before we go there, I want to yeah. plug Membrane because I know you're with Membrane, of course. We love Membrane. I, well, this is true. How did we come together? We started working with Membrane uh, several years ago. There was a couple people that own sales consulting firms that I respected. And they said, Membrane has helped us. It's it's not a CRM. It's a sales enablement tool. It's a CRM on steroids is what I would say, but maybe not be your marketing uh, words. But here was the more important. 
people I respected who ran sales consulting firms said it helped them uh, cut their sell cycle in half and double their close ratio. And I thought, I need to get that because, <laughs> you know, I could use some technology help. And so I, I wanted to say that was the beginning. We've used membrane in ways that you hadn't probably intended, but it has been a massive efficiency improvement for us. Because of membrane, we have so many processes documented that we use membrane, and now we're actually using it more as a, as a for prospecting as well as we grow our team and add coaches. It has absolutely helped us with our efficiency. There's so many things that used to live in my head that Caroline has built out, and we have a very efficient membrane tool that we can now onboard new people much faster. Our performance with existing customers is much more consistent. Uh, this whole encouragement milestone, that's one of the steps in our process in membrane that when we do this, it just triggers all the right people to be aware of, hey, we need to send this out. Like it helps with communication and flow and process. So I just want to say you're doing great work. We keep pushing you guys on limits on things that we need done. And your team has been highly supportive. And so I just want you to know we have a lot of respect for what you guys do. And we couldn't be as, as large or have a bright future as we do without you. So thank you for all of the work you're doing. That is, uh, that yeah, no, that's awesome. That is, that is all our team. That is all our team. I, uh, I, I love, uh, we got a great team of people. We have some of the best developers in the, on the planet. Uh, we have some of the great best CS team on the planet. Uh, you know, I, the sales team, like it's just, it is, it's awesome, uh, yeah. to, to work with a great group of people that is, and I think, I think one of the things that's, uh, I really appreciate about working with you all is, is just, you know, foundationally we're committed to the same things, right? Mm -hmm. We are committed to, to, and this is not a membrane pitch this is just a personal commitment, right? Is I, sales is an amazing profession. It's an amazing profession that gets a, a bad rap from a lot of people, but it, it is one of, if you look around, if you look around your city, if you look around your house, everything there has been sold. It has been purchased and there's been a, a sale involved, right? I, I look at, at your background, right? Uh, everything there, there's been a sale involved. So uh, if we can't make that a noble profession and seek to elevate that and elevate, help everybody shine bright, then I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I agree completely. Um, Caroline, how do people get to know us? How do they reach out if they want to have a conversation or learn more? Well, they can start at our website, which is actually very fun to go to. There's a lot of things to see and do over there. So you go to topazsalesconsulting.com and look around. And if you like what you see, just click the contact button and get hold of us. That's it. Fantastic. Topaz Sales Consulting is T-O-P-A-Z, salesconsulting.com. We'll make sure we put that in the link in the description and everything. So, Excellent. well, no, it's been a, right. it's been a blessing and an honor to for the interview and the, to have you on the pod. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the next time. We're gonna have a lot more fun. Any last Thanks. words? Anything to say? No, I just I really appreciate you reaching out, and we love, like you said, uh, with you with you all. We love what we do. We feel very called and led to do this to help more people. So so we're thankful for this time, and yeah, just look forward for more good stuff to come. Fantastic. And with that, Excellent. we are All signing right. off from the art and science of complex sales. Have an amazing day, everybody, and keep shining bright. We'll see you. 
Thank you so much for listening to the art and science of complex sales. This podcast is sponsored by Membrane and our partners from around the globe. Here at Membrane, we believe that B2B sales is at a crossroads. Due to decades of quantity-based prospecting, information overload, and really a shift towards efficiency over service and pitching over leadership in sales, customers are saying enough is enough. They're tuning out average performers and choosing to take most of the buying journey on their own. This results in up and down sales results, forecasts that are all over the place, and salespeople that are half committed due to the fact that they're having poor results and they have an inability to truly connect with customers. We believe the road successful companies are taking to combat this is threefold. Number one, training to create leaders and executives across all areas of the team with strong habits and sales methodologies that bring value. Number two, technology. Technology that focuses and helps a salesperson succeed and reinforces great habits rather than wasting their time on filling out fields for reporting or wasting their time on spamming customers that have no interest in ever buying. Third, talent. And I'm talking about talent that's empowered and emboldened to make a difference for their customers and their companies. So where are you on that journey? Membrane and our network of partners across the globe are here to help and to elevate the sales profession. We streamline critical technology by combining CRM, training and enablement, and more into one seamless platform. We drive best-in-class methodologies through our partners. They provide the top thought leadership methodologies and resources from across the globe. And our collective efforts are dedicated to recruiting, training, coaching, and empowering, and measuring the habits of the top teams in the world to ensure success. Join us at Membrane.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening.